Hello and welcome to another podcast from your very tardy practical medium and I am Michelle your late to the party practical medium. Uh, also I am as I am recording I'm watching the volume levels and hopefully that I've just messed up with how my visualizer works but if this is too soft uh, please let me know and I have to work on making it louder so, but in the meantime I can't find anything in the software ironically enough because I'm a geek that is telling me although I'm not an audio geek uh, that it's it looks kind of soft so I'll try to test this best I can but otherwise I am not sure what's wrong with audacity or what the, I screwed up in audacity take your pick anyway so back to where I've been I've mentioned at the beginning of the last podcast, I believe, that I was working on uh, men's suits for a wedding, and it uh, wound up absorbing a lot of my time. The whole, um, hmm, the whole shit show circus was one of the most awful things I've experienced in my life, and I'm just glad that I didn't have anything other to do than be labor for this. But, um, yeah, um, the decisions that were made were decisions that nobody in their right mind should have ever have made if they wanted a custom suit for a wedding. That's all I got. But uh, after that, the wedding was like the last Saturday or something like that, or the first Saturday of September, or, uh, like the end of September, beginning of October. I can't remember what because I've really lost track of time. And... It wiped me out. Uh, it took me the better part of a week just to get functional because every spare minute I had was going over to work on the stuff, pick up stuff for the, that was needed, um, and, you know, then find out what the fallout was because I wasn't there the last day. And uh, uh, I used to get into these situations all the time in uh, my previous life, as I put it, and I'm talking about this physical life and what I did prior to what I do now and it was a place I never wanted to be so that's all combines to major exhaustion <laughs> also menopause is starting to kick my ass or pre-menopause whatever you want to say how you want to say it it's still awful um, and I don't know if I'm getting sick because the weather changed all of a sudden and I'm still stressed out so I do apologize for where I've been, but you know, that's uh, when you don't have the luxury of doing just one thing for a living, you got to scramble and do what you can. And sometimes it does suck. And so here I am not doing the stop story, just explaining this is uh, why I'm peripatetic and why I don't always get things done on a regular schedule because I don't have a schedule about that. Anyhow. All right, enough with that, and on to tonight's topic, which is the dead and technology. And if you are, if you've read my blog in the past, you'll know that I've talked about how Ken and Tony went after my uh, Roku app and were using it to stage a war, and the upshot. Um, so if you have not, the brief synopsis is, is that, um, and this is best when I can set up how this happened, is that. I may have mentioned before in the past, I don't have a real TV. Uh, I have a projector with a Roku stick in it, and I use the app for the Roku stick uh, to control it and to use it for volume. And so I can, because the speaker on my projector is garbage. So it, uh, the Roku can operate 
without the projector being on. And because it's just an, the projector is just an output. It's nothing other than that. So the um, so the Roku can transmit sound and get get turned onto a, any kind of a channel and transmit sound, even without the projector being on. So here's um, now that I've got that set up. Let me get the other part of the setup. My phone is always in the bedroom because that's one of the only available outlets I have to charge something. And I am always in another room about, you know, 15 feet from my phone at any given time, if not more. It's more like probably closer to 20 feet. So when I get up to go get my phone, I have to walk and, uh, to get there, and I don't always pick up my phone right away. Now, that leads into the, the, this whole story of how, why I got pissed off at Ken and uh, Tony this night. Although it was more on Tony than it was on Ken. Ken was actually trying to be a good guy here. Uh, so, now... They had, uh, well, Ken started, figured it out first, how to turn my Roku on and how to add channels and how to get into channels. Although he was, there were channels that you needed subscriptions to and he couldn't figure out how to get there, get past the, uh, the, the, the logins. Um, this is, this is, I don't know, a year ago, probably, if not longer, probably about a year ago. And, you know, it was cute. It's funny. It's neat to see how they were figuring out how to work these things out. And also told me that there is a body of knowledge on the other side that knows how to control the uh, our, our cell phones, uh, smartphones, and um, how to manipulate them. Computers, not so much because there is more energy draw into a computer and the, the processors are much uh, stronger than the one on a phone. But um, yeah, the money, anything that, so if anybody who's looking for a sign from somebody who's passed, watch your smartphones because of the, it's much easier. There's a large body of knowledge and on the other side, how to mess with iPhones and how to mess with Samsungs because those are the number one selling phones in the respective category around the world. I have a Pixel and about the only thing the guys have been able to do with the Pixel is to mess with the Roku. So I don't see much activity apart from that. And, and if I'm doing a conversation, if I like the, and if I'm having like a chat with my mentor in Australia, um, and that's only happened once where Ken was actually able to type in the chat box on the, the, the uh, phone call. So having got that aside, having then got that out of the way, setting this up, there's one night I'm sitting here and the Roku is going on and off on and off and it's aggravating because every time it goes on I start to get up stop what I'm doing get up out of my chair walk in there grab my phone and light it up and have to get the goddamn thing turned off the Roku I could even turn off the goddamn app and this shit still happened it oh I got so pissed because it's like you know what I'm trying to work I'm trying to earn a living here guys and you're screwing with it so I blew up and I mentioned something to my mentor and uh, she tuned in and I can't touch Tony with a 10 foot pole most days because his energy is like, you know, this like flaming dumpster fire that somebody has poured lighter fluid on and lit again. It's ugh, and he doesn't want to tone it down. So I don't talk to him too much. Um, it turned out that Tony was pissed about something and he has a tendency to throw tantrums. And yeah, just because you're dead don't mean you don't get, you're, you're an angel picking on a harp. You, if you're an asshole in your, in your life, you're an asshole when you're dead, even though you might have redeeming qualities around being that kind of an asshole. 
So he was, uh, he and Ken got into a pissing contest over the, uh, over getting my attention on the Roku. And it, it, um, it just had to do with me not acknowledging him um, and some other stuff that I'm going to leave private just because some things don't always need to be said. And I had to come to the realization that after that, and it took me a few days, I'm stuck with him. He's stuck with me. We have a connection here that is not broken just because I get angry with him and don't want him around doing stupid shit on my Roku. So, um, but Ken was trying to get him to knock the shit off and behave. Because Ken's a dad. That's what dads do. And even though Tony drives him nuts, uh, he still tries to do stuff to teach and, and maintain the peace. So, I threw Ken under the bus and... I shouldn't have, but I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have that kind of insight at the time. Um, and I probably wouldn't have had because of how angry I got. And I don't get angry. For me to get angry, yeah, it takes a lot. So, but it was just disruptive. Since that time, the, the bullshit with the Roku has faded out, although they've been doing it again. And I don't know, it's uh, most likely Tony trying to get my attention. Um, it's hard to tell because I don't have, they hide from me. So I've, if it's Ken, he's not telling. If it's Tony, he ain't telling. So it's been quiet since then. And um, when I can figure out maybe what it is he's after me for, because there's actually only a couple of things, um, I can say, you know, knock it off. I've got a life to live. Um, you want me to do what you want me to do. I can't do it right now. You're going to have to wait. Because he's not in the time for he, he he's not in the timeline unless he chooses to be, and he's like, you should be doing this already. I'm like, really? Do you not see A, B, and C in place for me to be able to just stop what I'm doing and change streams to do that? You know, humans, life, crap like that. Apparently, it's too much. So I'm I'm digressing because I'm bitching at him too as I talk about this. But this is why these things happen. They're they're trying to get my attention. They want me to do something. I'm ignoring them. Whatever. Take your pick. But. Taking it, take using the Roku and and pissing me off is not the way to get my attention and get me to respond. <laughs> I'll just say that. So I'm in an, I guess in a way it's also an example of how this physical life has intersects and interacts with their with with their attempts to influence and get themselves known through technology and how to me it's normal, and it might be goofy and crazy and strange to other people, but for me. It is very normal, and pardon me there. So, c'est la vie, c'est la guerre, c'est la merde. Um, that is, now, since then, like I said, there's some. there's been some messing with the Roku. I don't know who it is, and I don't really care at this point. It happens, it happens. Just don't create wars over it, and I'll be fine. <laughs> so, on, on that note, I mentioned before that the, uh, the other side has a body of knowledge of how to affect uh, smartphones. And specifically, as I said, Apple's and Samsung's, just because there are so many out there. The next story I'm about to tell involves both of those phones, both of those phone makers. And um, this is a bit of a, um, to bring the story together, it takes a little bit of explanation. There's somebody who I have an online friendship with, because that's my life. I have online friendships, not real, not IRLs. Uh, anyway, I have both, but um, we were uh, 
chatting one day and it, it all of a sudden my phone alerts in the weirdest pattern and I don't get a whole lot of alerts on my phone uh, it's mostly it's mostly quiet believe it or not and I was like that's not normal so I waited a couple minutes to see if anything else was going to happen got up and go to my phone and I checked to see what was going on there was a login attempt from Australia around the area where, where my Australian friend lives. And um, I blocked it because I'm like, I have no intel, intel, intelligence if this is a, so a human being or someone on the other side of the fence doing this. I can't tell because I, nobody's talking. They, when it comes to the technology, they hide from me because I can figure their shit out too quickly. So they don't want me, you know, I'm not going to explain everything that they do to, to uh, leave a little bit of a mystery here, but I figured out what they are doing. And this next story I will explain because it helps people on who are trying to recover information understand how this all works. Now, okay, so the friend that's uh, here in the States is also somebody who's open and she's fresh to it and she's navigating it and, um, you know, we talk about stuff and it's kind of like it's nice to have somebody to talk shop to about this so that day um, that they were messing with the accounts they were doing it through my Australian mentor friends account and on her phone to figure out how to get into um, email accounts now that is sounds scary but it's a, something that um, you have to trust that the people on the other side are going to be ethical about and not mess with because it's what's really strange is that they don't affect they can't affect or they can't make a, a lasting impression on our phones for some reason or they don't leave a trail so you'll never know and I know there's evil implications there but most of the time there's nothing evil going on it's just it's kind of like Tron actually they're using our phones as a back door to connect through this physical world and they can get into accounts and do it but Again, they leave no trace. They can't destroy data. They can't alter things. They can't alter a password like a human can. And honestly, it's not their agenda. So don't panic. I can guarantee that no matter how good they get at messing with us, there's some things that uh, even they can't mess with, which is hard data. So having gotten that out of the way, my friend had been apparent when I'd not, not, this was not to, uh, she didn't tell me about this. She lives way away from, you know, a thousand miles away from me. Was telling me that um, her, um, she was looking for a picture that her ex-partner um, had deleted because uh, he was jealous of the fact that she was still pining for the partner that she had recently lost. So the, the, this ex-partner is still in her life for various reasons, and um, he got access to her phones, got into her, you know, got hacked her, hacked her phones, deleted pictures, uh, deleted a lot of things that uh, she treasured from her the partner she lost. And she was looking for this one picture. And here's a story about this picture. This picture was unrecoverable by anybody on this side of things. The phone that took the picture was sitting in, in a riverbed turning into rust and corrosion in the water so that was and nobody knew where it got thrown at so there was like there was going to be no recovering it regardless 
then um, they went into the. This was on a Gmail account. They went into the Gmail account of her, of the deceased partners, uh, and found could not find this picture. It was had gotten deleted. It got destroyed. It got archived. Who knows? It was just not able. They could not find it. So, you know, this is this is a little bit of foreshadowing, because she woke up the next morning to find the picture she was looking for on her iPad front and center. It was the weirdest thing. She woke up to this thing that she thought, this picture she shot, thought had lost for the rest of her life, and boom, there it was. And she showed it to me and explained the story to me, and I was just like, now that's fucking impressive. I mean, that the, for the guys on the other side to be able to recover this stuff and bring it back was beyond anything I ever thought they could do. Now, for me, it hasn't happened because I don't have uh, jealous exes going through my, phone, my my phones and deleting pictures and stuff like that. So, and I'm too geeky to um, keep myself from losing anything. Yeah, I lose stuff, but nothing I ever so, want so badly back that I need to ask the other side to go digging for it. So I had no clue that this was possible. So, now, fast forward a few days later, after this fun, this little fun discovery and all the implications... Um, she had, uh, been looking for, um, some more other pictures that had gotten deleted by her ex. And I'm trying to remember the, the timeline of events. Um, she, oh yes, she told me about getting a account access uh, requests from a town to the southwest of Chicago and somewhere else. And I know my IP occasionally redirects to make me look like I'm out in this town when I'm actually in Chicago. So I said, it's possible that it came from my end and the IP got redirected, but I don't know. Or there's somebody that I know that is out there this weekend who has, an, has a, <laughs> a Samsung and happens to be out that way this weekend. So it could be that they're using that person's phone because, well, they know that person. Well, one, Ken knows that person, and so do I in real life, because she's uh, still physical. And um, so I'm like, okay, didn't think anything of it. And then she said, then she goes on to say she went to block the attempts, but it was accepted before uh, she had a chance to uh, to tell it no. <laughs> like bastards. So she um, um, had didn't think anything more of it, and. Once again, all these pictures that she thought were lost uh, were restored to her because they were taken on an, an Android phone or with through Gmail or on an iOS phone through Gmail. Gmail is the key here. And I'll get to that in a second. Now, here's the kicker. When I first had my experience with the logins, the attempted login attempts, I went through all of my settings. I went through the security logs and I have all of my accounts. I've got more than one Gmail account and I have other things that are connected to this account. Not one of them showed a login from Australia. Neither did the, the login attempt show up. Nothing. Nothing in the logs. They leave no trace behind and I'll be damned if I know how they do that. And uh, I, it, it's just like, but they did it and it happened and it's real. So the second attempt, the one I was talking about, where they um, looked for, where they wiped away her, the allow access to her account. Well, 
the next day, all of these pictures she had been looking for were restored to her. And I'll tell you right now, it's not magic while wow, this happens. But there is that, oh my God, where is the, there is, is there is the line between us and them disappearing? Now, this is the part where I will explain what happened on a, on a technical level, because this is very real. When you take a picture with your phone through whatever email account or account that you use, it is tagged with your personal identification on it. Now, all this information gets translated into numbers and a hexadecimal. I, I got I said a lot of hexadecimal and a lot of points. I can't, and I'm a I'm a no I'm a math dyslexic, but that's what I was being shown were all these numbers and sequence and points like an IP address. So and the word hexadecimal came in. So your name on your account it gets attached to these little bits and bytes and these that turn into an image, and they're stored on hard drives and they're stored in somewhere deep in the server that is we, what we call the cloud. Now, even though these servers are constantly storing information and overwriting information, they don't truly overwrite. Uh, a lot of material can be recovered from hard drives and have been used for other purposes with uh, the right forensic software. So, and I know this because of a friend who's um, uh, used to be in the, e the electronic forensic game for the legal industry. And he explained to me, you think that you may have deleted something, I can actually find it and recover it and bring it back to life. It may not be great quality, but I can find it. So this little fact is known by us and on the other side too. And the additional fact is that these both were happened, these both happened, these pictures rather, were on a, a Samsung, the phone in the river is a Samsung. The existing phone that uh, my friend is using is an Apple. And they both have Gmail accounts attached to them. So what the guys did is they went on a fishing expedition, something they both love to do apparently. And they managed to tron their way through the servers, follow the trail of the um, the numerical ID that is unique to her email account and find these pictures languishing somewhere on a server. Bring them back out and throw them onto her account for her to see on her iPad because I think she's all she uses is for, for uh, she doesn't use a computer. For her to recover and save and have to treasure again. I mean, it was the most wonderful thing actually when it comes down to it that these guys did. They, they brought something back that she thought she had lost forever. And if you're asking, well, maybe she didn't uh, do the search right or dig enough, her exes know how, you know, people with a vendetta can delete stuff. They will go to the point of making sure it can never be recovered. Uh, and what they don't know is that even, like, I've heard of stories of Apple. If you have an Apple account and somebody deletes all the files, they recover it for you. They'll bring it, you know, they'll bring back as much as they can as long as you call them within a certain time so they can easily recover it. But it doesn't ever really truly get lost. The only way to truly lose something, a file, is to smash it with a, a sledgehammer uh, or throw it into a, a, an industrial crusher or pass it through the, the strongest magnet you might know of, like an MRI, to destroy the data that's there. 
And I think it just goes to show we really don't know much about as much about hard drives as we like to think we do in the terms of storage and what they don't, what uh, deletion really means and what overwriting really means. So on that note, these guys, Ken and her partner, uh, my friend's partner, got together and uh, had you know just just went nuts and brought back as much as they can. Now the big challenge is a voicemail, and probably they cannot. She lost her voicemails or a voicemail from her dead partner and now I think that is where these guys reach a limitation because it's harder to recover a voicemail than it is uh, a static file but we'll see maybe they'll come up with something in the future so that is just a couple of stories of technology but I'm going to add in right now uh, that I was surfing reddit tonight on the R paranormal and somebody was talking about how a family member called them, a dead family member called their phone, and once again, there was no trace of the phone call, but yet the phone call, the ID, lit up like it was them. So, you know, I don't know where the progress is going there, but it's possible for them to make phone calls on cell phones and make the ID show up the same as they do with landlines. Landline phone, can, uh, phone calls from the dead have been around for a long time. We just don't know how the you know that the dead person's there because there's no identifying information and they really can't be heard through a phone call easily because the amplification um, isn't there the technology is very simple with with the old with the copper line telephone so who knows what will happen with cell phones but they can stimulate phone calls and uh, on a cell phone and put it with their name to it and again as I said with uh, with the hangouts uh, the, the gmail hangouts doing a, a video chat with, with my friend, and Ken was able to type into the chat box on the video chat. Now, we've only done that, we haven't done that in a long time, my friend and I. And something like that does require one or both people to have uh, abilities, uh, the sensitivities to and strength, because it helps the other person on the other side come through more cleanly and clearly and be able to affect this world. Doesn't mean that's a hard and fast truth, but when it comes to doing more complex things, that is harder for them because even though a dead person can affect a capacitive touch phone because um, they have enough electrical energy to stimulate it, that's how capacitive touch phone, uh, touch screens work rather, uh, screwing up my terms. A capacitive touch screen works on the mild electrical charge that is developed by the human body. Somebody who is less dense and less physical is still got an electrical charge and it's still strong enough to affect a phone. So I have seen my phone do weird things like light up and you know, and screen open and apps open up that shouldn't be um, just because Ken was bored and said, eh, let me see if I can troll her. <laughs> well, nowadays I'm so used to it that he can't make me jump or shock so he's probably messing with other people. But occasionally it still happens. And if you have, um, if you have, if you're looking for a sign from a loved one, and you have an iOS or you have a Samsung with Android, keep an eye out for your phone and see if something happens and comes through because who knows? You might find it it's a way to communicate with somebody on the other side. Will it be something that is regular and that happens all the time? I don't know. I can't tell you. It just depends on how dedicated the, per on the, the person on the other side is to connecting with you. Um, it takes work, it's not easy, and it won't become something that is second nature to them for some time. And I don't know how, much, how long that will be. However, 
the fact that technology has slowed down a little bit in terms of, prog of progress means that it's easier for them to keep track, study, and um, create the body of knowledge. You know, like much as we go on to Google here for looking up how to make a, a, a recipe, they go onto their Google and say, how do I connect with somebody through a cell phone? They do the same. They do, you know, they do that too. It might be strange to think of, you know, somebody going and who's supposedly dead Googling and looking up something mundane, but they, life really doesn't change much on the other side. So on that note, I'm going to wind it down. <clears throat> and um, if any, and uh, if anybody has any questions or wants to talk about this topic further, my email will be in the box below. And uh, hopefully you were able to hear this without blasting your, your volume. And I'm going to have to work on figuring out what went wrong on my, uh, on my software. Yay, audacity. So simple that it's easy to screw up. <laughs> so hope everybody's doing okay and going into the winter or summer, depending on which side of the hemisphere you're on, and um, that everything is good in your world. So on that note, signing out, and until next time. <laughs>